The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decision. This episode of Stock Doc is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Nigel Finch. Today on the program, I'm speaking with Andreas Kroll. He's CEO of Demem Limited, and they're listed under the ticker code DEM. Demem are a water and wastewater treatment business, and they were listed on the ASX in April 2017. Andreas, thanks for joining us on the program from Melbourne today. Thank you, Nigel. Good afternoon. Firstly, can you give listeners a very quick snapshot of the size and scale of Demem, say the headcount, the number of uh, key customers, countries you operate in, market cap, that sort of thing? Yeah, they've grown considerably over the last few years, uh, Nigel. So we have a headcount at the moment of about 80 or 85, most of them in Australia with overseas locations in Singapore and, and Germany. And uh what uh, what countries are you currently operating in, in terms of where you've got uh, your, uh, you know, uh, customers located? The, the key market for us at the moment is Australia. So, and, uh, well, Australia for decentralized water treatment, which is our domain, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very fragmented market with a lot of mm-hmm. small uh, family-owned players uh, operating in that space. Uh, it's always been key on, on our agenda to become, well, the number one, the market leader in, in Australia first. We're obviously looking at our numbers. Uh, also, the recent acquisition in WA, we're, we're well on track on, on getting there. Um, so key focus, again, certainly on Australia. We want to build that, uh, well, domestic national champion. And we have, obviously, because water treatment is a big international market, uh, we have exposure um, to international locations already. Uh, As mentioned, at this time, through Singapore for Southeast Asian customers uh, and through a subsidiary in Germany uh, for European customers. And, Andreas, I want to hear the very quick elevator pitch for Demem. Can you indulge me? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, DMEM, Decentralized Membranes, that's what the company name stands for. Uh, We use, uh, well, very innovative technologies uh, manufactured uh, and partially developed uh, through a partnership with a a Singapore university. Uh, We use these uh, innovative membrane technologies, a whole portfolio of them, which we've built over the the years, uh, well, to give us a competitive edge in our decentralized containerized water treatment systems uh, to give like uh, uh, to give the customer very pure, ultra pure water uh, to bring down cost for, for the customer um, uh, to achieve uh, to, to produce uh, very high quality, high value add treated water. Uh, obviously, water treatment uh, is a very, very large market, is a growing market. Uh, we are focusing on industrial customers. Um, which are driven by by industrial growth, by industrialization in in emerging economies. Um, um, And um, so, as as already mentioned, in our domain, we're looking at a very fragmented market and we got the vision to consolidate that market to become the the market leader in in decentralized uh, water treatment. 
so you, you're saying you're providing water solutions through a range of industrial applications. Can you briefly explain the types of industrial applications and the range of products and solutions you're offering these clients? Yeah, that, that comes back, Nigel, to the, uh, the large industrial sectors which are driving uh, the Australian economy as Australia is our key market at this time. Um, uh, so, for example, we are producing uh, clean drinking water for, for mining sites. Uh, we are dealing with wastewater uh, that is generated by mining operations. Uh, beyond that, we got strong exposure also to clients from the food and beverage industry, which obviously need very, very clean, uh, um, ultra-pure water for, for their manufacturing, uh, for the growing uh, crops growing process. Um, uh, beyond that, other sectors that we're looking into, that's, for example, power generation, hydrogen is a, is a growth uh, sector, which is a bit uh, more, more recent or more in the news recently. Um, that's all applications that we're, we're looking at for which we are supplying, um, well, highly engineered, uh, good quality water treatment systems. And additionally, you provide wastewater and other solutions to municipal clients as well. Can you talk us through what's involved in this product offering? Well, we pro provide solutions for wastewater treatment as well. Uh, a little bit uh, less actually uh, meant for municipal clients um, because, uh, well, selling into the municipal sector is a more tedious process. Um, it goes through tenders. Uh, we indeed focus a bit more on industrial wastewater treatment applications. Uh, those are a little bit more complex uh, because industrial wastewater comes with a wide range of contaminants uh, like oil, chemicals, um, all kinds of different uh, contaminants can be found in the, the wastewater stream. Uh, that requires a bit more sophisticated solutions, uh, which gives us a chance uh, to, to actually then also charge uh, a little bit a, a more attractive price uh, with more attractive margins uh, to customers. Mm. And can you walk us through some of your key clients to help listeners understand how you're positioned and the pedigree of your customers? Yeah, we got like a, a lot of, well, corporate customers, obviously, from those sectors. Some um, uh, That includes uh, large corporations, large multinationals like Rio Tinto. Uh, the idea is a little bit to work with customers like that in multiple sites um, um, to build key accounts. And once these industrial customers uh, are, are happy with the quality uh, that a supplier provides, then it's pretty easy to uh, to move into other sides of these customers. Um, uh, Rio Tinto would be an example, obviously, from, from the mining side. Uh, internationally in Singapore, we've been working uh, with a company, a customer called Shivadan, uh, which is worldwide market leader in the uh, flavors and fragrances space. Um, they also got about uh, something around 30 sites internationally. Um, and here it's exactly the same model that we pursue. We want to build confidence uh, by working in, in one site and then obviously take the chance uh, to support these customers internationally in multiple locations. And Andreas, can you briefly talk us through the technologies and IP that you have developed? The, the key IP that we have in-house, that's around our membranes. Uh, so the membranes are the key component in our integrated systems. Um, uh, 
uh, and they serve as the actual filter. Uh, so a, a membrane actually is a micropore structure. Uh, it's tiny little pores in that structure that let water molecules pass through. Uh, and everything that's bigger than the pores, uh, contaminants like viruses, bacteria, solids, and so on, they get filtered out. They, they get rejected. And we've built a portfolio through our operations in, in Singapore over the years around uh, different types of hollow fiber membranes, which vary, for example, in pore size, which vary in terms of materials deployed. Uh, and then again, we use these technologies, the, the membranes, to give us that competitive edge uh, to offer something to the client, which uh, none of our competitors can offer. And Andreas, I'm curious to understand your background. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this sector? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, not an engineer, not a technical person, actually, Nigel. Uh, I'm a venture capital guy. Uh, so I used to work uh, in, in venture capital for about 12 or 13 years. Um, I uh, used to work in the, the VC space in Germany, then spent a lot of time in Singapore uh, working for the fund which actually set up BMEM. So through that venture fund, which is still the largest shareholder on BMEM's register as of today, um, I'm actually a co-founder of the, the company. Uh, and about five years ago, five, six years ago, when uh, things were taking off, commercially uh, at, at uh, DMAM's end, then I moved full-time into DMAM as their CEO. Mm. Now, you mentioned before that this is a highly fragmented industry. How competitive is the sector you operate in and what's your single point of differentiation? Well, it's, it's a fairly large sector uh, and I think... Uh, Every large, uh, every sector which has a large addressable market is uh, to some extent competitive. Um, uh, so it wouldn't be correct to, to say there is not uh, a whole a lot of competition. Um, obviously, uh, our idea is to take DMEM uh, to a stage uh, uh, through the size to which we've grown in the meantime, where we can offer something to our customers that these small family-owned business businesses can't. Uh, and the other avenue, um, as mentioned, is around our technologies. Uh, we are manufacturing membranes ourselves in Singapore. We got a, a long-standing relationship with a leading research research institution in that space. Um, um, and uh, looking at the fragmented sector. Um, that's aspects uh, where we really got a competitive advantage. Yeah? So that's that's things that most of our competitors can't can't offer. And how big is the addressable market, and what's your vision for market share? The, the, you can look at the market from different angles. So the uh, the directly addressable market, which is the uh, containerized equipment, uh, which is what we offer to the end customer. Um, that's a, a market which is estimated at about uh, 20 billion US dollars worldwide mm. annually. And so there is market research uh, available. Uh, for Australia, which uh, at this time still is the, uh, the key market for us to look at, uh, based on DMAM estimates, uh, it's about 300 million. Uh, we've said that we want to grow the company to something like a 15 to 20 percent uh, a market share uh, over the coming years. Um, that's the, the objective uh, for us uh, to take us into a market leading position. And let's talk a little about the your partnerships. So um, what partnerships do you currently have and what role do these partners play? Well, the key partnership is certainly uh, on, on the technology development side. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, back uh, still to the, the days when I worked in the venture capital space in Singapore, uh, I've already worked with a, an institution called Nanyang Technological University. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they are considered for uh, uh, one of the leading institutions in membrane and water treatment research worldwide. Um, uh, we've uh, initially taken uh, a couple of products from them to commercialize them through, through DMEM. Uh, it's still uh, until today uh, a key partnership for us, obviously, on the R&D and technology development side. Uh, which also helps us then to run DMEM uh, with a lean uh, financial structure of focusing DMEM uh, on the uh, commercial commercialization of this technology uh, while we benefit from the uh, basic R&D uh, that's being done at uh, well research institutions like that. Mm. And what about the capital structure and the ownership of the company? What does that look like currently? We have a pretty well strong backing from a number of uh, well cornerstone shareholders. Uh, the the largest shareholder until today that is still the Singapore based fund that I used to work for. It's a fund called New Asia Investments. Mm. Uh, through a couple of different entities, uh, the fund owns about thirty percent in in DMEM. Uh, has a very very long-term uh, objective uh, beliefs in in this vision that I've uh, just tried to explain uh, beyond that uh, as you may have seen in the the news we've done a number of placements in the, the in recent years uh, we've brought like a strong institutional shareholder base into DMEM uh, from the Australian side uh, from the ASX side uh, which accounts maybe for another uh, 20 to 30 percent or so in in holdings. And can you talk us through the typical revenue model so we can better understand the drivers for earnings and revenue growth? Absolutely. So we got different revenue models which we offer to the customer. Um, We've positioned DMEM with a very strong focus uh, in the last two years on the recurring revenues. That includes service contracts. uh, That includes built-on-operate contracts, which are leasing-type agreements where we own the the, uh, water treatment infrastructure, rent it out to the customer. Mm -hmm. Um, That's uh, obviously all long-term agreements. Um, We sell uh, things like pumps, chemicals, and consumables to our customers besides the water treatment equipment. Uh, These consumable sales by nature are very, very stable and and long-term as well. Um, So these recurring revenue lines that accounts for about uh, 60 to 65% of our revenues in the meantime. Um, And the remainder that's uh, more typical to the the standard model of the industry, uh, that's projects type business where we sell water treatment equipment into our customer base based on, well, more or less one-off agreements. And Andreas, before we talk about the recent acquisitions, let's talk a little about the financial performance of the company, starting with the last outlook uh, that you gave to the market. Yeah, so we, uh, we have given an outlook for the ongoing calendar year, which is our financial year, um, Nigel, um, where we said that we expect to see significant growth. Um, so we have a, a good history now of continued, continuous top-line growth over the last few years. Uh, we've grown the company to about 16.5 uh, million in cash receipts in calendar year 2020. Uh, to the ASX, we said for 21 that we expect to see that trend 
continue, that we expect significant growth. Uh, and we will provide further updates about the exact numbers uh, a little bit later in, in the year um, when we have more visibility in particular around the, the project side of the, the business. Uh, bottom line, uh, we announced the first quarter in the December quarter 2020, uh, where we achieved operating cash flow break even. Uh, that will fluctuate a little bit, which is normal to our business uh, because of the, uh, the partially project's nature. Uh, but over the coming years, we expect to see the, the company to achieve sustainable operating cash flow break even. Hmm. And Andreas, what does your order book look like at the moment? It looks pretty decent. Uh, at the moment, we've started the, the year, the first quarter, with a very healthy balance uh, for uh, orders, uh, contracted projects. Um, that's uh, about 4.5 million uh, for the project side of our business uh, as we speak today, Nigel. Uh, and on top of that comes uh, a balance of about 10 million in uh, recurring revenues out of these different uh, revenue models that I just mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. uh, adding that up as of early April, uh, that gives us about 14.5 million in invisible uh, cash receipts, uh, which compares to the uh, 16.5 million which we booked in the past year. Uh, and that's obviously the basis for that positive outlook for calendar year 2021, uh, mm -hmm. which we've given to the ASX. Mm. And you said of that, around 10 million is recurring revenue. Uh, it's 14.5 million in total, 4.5 mm. projects, yeah. uh, and 10 million is uh, recurring revenues uh, based on past year's performance. So that might also see uh, a little bit of further growth during mm. the year. Yeah. And with a market cap of 65 million, I think that's uh, it's looking pretty good. Um, can you tell us about some of the recent acquisitions, including the CAPIC acquisition that was just completed? Yes, certainly. Yeah. So uh, maybe the first comment to add to your last question, Nigel, is that the uh, impact uh, from the CAPEC acquisition, uh, that was excluded still in these numbers. Um, mm. So uh, the CAPEC acquisition that will come on top. Um, so well, we acquired CAPEC in Perth, it's a well-established supplier of water treatment chemicals, uh, in particular to mining customers in Western Australia. Uh, comes with uh, strong synergies, complements our one-stop shop uh, product offering, our national footprint in Australia, uh, which in, in very short words explain why we were quite uh, enthusiastic about this acquisition opportunity. And your, um, your SPP is still open, but closes in a few days. It was priced at uh, $0.28, cents and the share price is trading nicely above that. How's the raise going, the SPP? The SPP actually closed on Monday, Nigel, right. so we closed that uh, earlier than, than planned because we saw a good take-up. Right. Uh, we were planning to raise 1.2 million. It was oversubscribed by about uh, one-third. We raised 1.6, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, those results, that was actually just announced this, this morning. Great. Well, can you tell us uh, a little about what investors can expect to see in the coming months? Yeah, so now with the CAPIC acquisition, Western Australia um, completed, uh, the focus for the coming months is, is certainly a lot around the organic growth opportunities. Um, uh, CAPIC comes with a long list of mining customers in WA. Uh, the other way around for CAPIC's chemicals products, uh, we got many uh, potential customers 
from the mining side, uh, from the east coast of Australia, from other sectors like FMB, uh, like the, the power industry, which requires a lot of chemicals during water treatment plant operations. Um, uh, so we want to now uh, focus on, on leveraging these uh, synergies um, while earning the, the fruits out of this, this combination. Um, and so we expect to see, uh, well, good customer awards, uh, good uh, new business um, uh, in particular around that recent acquisition. Well, I wish you all the very best uh, with this. The SPP's closed well and the share price is tracking nicely and uh, you've got some strong revenues and some bolt-on from the CAPIC acquisition. So it looks like it's going to be a good year for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you to my guest, Andreas Kroll, uh, Chief Executive Officer of DeMem, for joining us for this edition of StockDoc. And you can stay in touch with us through our StockEd website. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our daily newsletters for ASX market coverage, company profiles and industry insights.